Love and mercy in the kingdom of heaven is what all of the readings are about today. So it's important to know what that means. The kingdom of heaven is three things all at the same time. When you hear, or the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is Jesus Christ himself, his actions, his parables, his words, his commandments, everything that he is, is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is also the rule of God in each of our hearts, each of his disciples' hearts, each Christian's heart. That's also the kingdom of God. And then finally, the church through time, through history, as it lives out being a disciple of Christ, being the body of Christ, and its impact on the world and how it treats the world, that is the kingdom of God. And the church itself, with Jesus as the monarch, the pope as the head steward, and Mary as the queen mother, as foreshadowed in all of the Old Testament kingdoms, those three people were always part of David's kingdom, Solomon's kingdom, and everyone else's kingdom. It was the king, the head steward, and the queen mother. Love and mercy. Love, get out your notebooks. It's a very simple definition, but you need to know it, if I haven't already told you this. Desiring the good of another and doing something about it. The example I always use is if you see those commercials online on, on the TV about the kids in Africa with the split lip and you have empathy for them or sympathy for them, but you don't send any money, you don't do anything to help them out, that's not love, that's just sympathy. That's just feelings for them. You're not doing anything. You wish that their lips were better, you wish that they were healed, but you do nothing for them. To desire the good of another and to do something about it. There's no emotions involved. Sometimes kids need to be disciplined because you know that that's how they'll become a better adult, how they'll be able to interact in society. You don't steal, you don't take, and you have to have a little bit of punishment because you want what's best for them and then you're doing something about it, even though it may not be pleasant. When you're dating someone, there's lots of affection, there's lots of emotions involved, but love is in there as well desiring the good of another and doing something about it. But you can imagine when you get old and your loved one, your spouse has dementia and they don't even recognize you and they can't even go to the bathroom on their own or shower themselves and you take care of them. Why? Because they deserve dignity and you desire what's best for them. And so you're doing something about it, but there's not a whole lot of warm fuzzies probably about some of those messes that you have to clean up. And again, the fact that they don't recognize you. But love does not require emotions. Sometimes they're involved, but it doesn't require it. Love in the kingdom. What Jesus does, now he does love us. God so loved the world, God so desired the good of us, that he did something about it. He sent his only son to come so that we can have life and have life abundantly. Every time in the Bible the word love comes up or the church uses the word love, that's what we're talking about. Plain and simple. Love your neighbor as yourself. It can be physical good that you desire. It can be emotional good, intellectual good, spiritual good. And the ultimate good is to get someone to heaven or be in heaven, to be in beatitude, to be in the love of the Trinity between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to be a part of Christ's body so that you can make it to heaven. So when we evangelize and we go spread the gospel, we're trying to love others. 
We're trying to help them to get to heaven, not take it by chance, not hope that God has mercy on these poor souls. That does happen. That can happen. The church always teaches that. But we know that the surest way to get to heaven, to get to this kingdom of God, is through his church, through baptism, through living the life of his disciples. Because as Peter says, Paul says in the letter to the Romans, Christ is king of the living and the dead, of us here on earth and those who've made it to purgatory and those who have made it to heaven. The church suffering and the church triumphant and the church militant here on earth. There's no division, or there ought not to be division. But how many times, because of our fallen human nature, while we're here on earth, even though we want Christ to rule our heart, we fail so many times. And we are more like the servant who, even though we've been baptized and we go to confession often, and all of our sins and the eternal punishment for our sins has been healed, we have a hard time not griping, when we have a hard time focusing. We, have a, we gripe when we get cut off on the highway. We gripe about bosses or coworkers or because our kids are annoying because we've had six months of isolation with them and we just can't take it anymore or our parents are overbearing and we complain. And complaining is the opposite of forgiving. Complaining, like this parable that Jesus tells us, Complaining and not forgiving puts us in prison. The man goes to the master and asks for forgiveness, and the master freely gives it. And then he goes and does not allow others to be forgiven. And in the end, we hear and we see that this man who did not forgive, he's thrown in prison. We're thrown in prison. In our hearts, in our minds, the world becomes a terrible place. And we don't live in the freedom of God. We don't live in the freedom of the kingdom. We don't give love, and we don't give mercy. And mercy simply is giving love. Well, one way to look at it is to give love when we don't deserve it. To give love when we've done something that kind of earns us not receiving love. In spite of our sins, in spite of our failings, we give love. That's mercy. And it's not easy to give mercy. It takes a strong person to give mercy because it's much easier to divide. It's much easier to look at others and say, they're dumb, they're stupid, they're annoying, I don't want to have anything to do with them, they're a waste of my time. A rel we all have relatives like that, and that's just family. And then going out from there, there's all kinds of people that we'd rather stay away from and not be united, like Paul says, under one Lord, but we'd rather be divided and go our own ways and have our own cliques and have our own tribes and have our own little corner of the world that we try to take care of, and then we don't understand how the rest of the country and the rest of the world can look differently. Now, the rest of the country right now, they're doing crazy things, and they shouldn't be, and lots of crime. That's not what I'm talking about. But even to just understand why and how are they coming from? Where is this anger coming from? It's easier to not love them. It's easier to divide and just point a finger although some of it is just insanity, so it can be very difficult. And thus is why living in the kingdom of God is difficult. It's not easy. There's not simple answers a lot of time. And yet Jesus still puts it out there. If, you, if we do not forgive from our heart, 
When we die, God will put us in prison, and he will judge us harshly. Because we had been forgiven much, the eternal punishment of our sins, and yet we're not as forgiving to others. In an effort, in an effort to help everyone to be able to forgive others, up at St. John the Baptist, I started this week, so I'll continue on until probably I'm not assigned to your parish anymore. Wednesdays and Fridays from noon to one, I'll be outside by the prayer garden, or just the parking lot, you'll see me. Wednesdays and Fridays, 12 to 1, I'll be out there available to hear confessions. Hot or cold, rain or shine, I'll be there. And if I'm not there, it's because I have a migraine or I'm sick or, like, I'm not coming. If you don't see me, I'm not going to be there. But I did it for five months at Incarnation without missing a day, so we should be pretty good in making my, I should be pretty good at making myself available to hear confessions. If you're on your lunch break or just to have more time, I mean, have more time than just 30 minutes before Saturday evening mass so that we can know the love of God. We can know what this, what Jesus is talking about, where the more often we go to confession and are really honest with ourselves and forgive ourselves and forgive our neighbors and love ourselves and love our neighbors, and we hear at the end, the better off we'll be. And at the end of confession, you hear the priest give the absolution, and we're basically hearing Jesus say, I love you, and I forgive you. And go and give that forgiveness to the rest of the world. 